Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Innovate on Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to collaborate and co-create? Women Who Innovate is a place where innovators share their stories, their challenges, and successes. If you challenge orthodoxies, are uncomfortable with the status quo, not afraid to fail, this is the show for you. Join the conversation. Dial 914-338-0796 because your ideas have never been more important. Good morning. This is Leah Carey and welcome to Women Who Innovate. We have an amazing show today, Carlos Moreno, the co-executive director of Big Picture Learning. He's our guest today and I couldn't be more thrilled. Big Picture Learning is a nonprofit organization dedicated to a fundamental redesign of education in the U.S., and their vision is to catalyze vital changes in K through adult education by generating and sustaining innovation, personalized learning environments that work in tandem with the real world and their greater community. We're pleased to put Carlos in the innovation hot seat this morning. If you would like to dial in, 914-338-0796. Carlos, welcome. Thank you, Leah. Thank you for having me. Well, congratulations on a stellar conference this year. And I have to tell you, when I first heard you speak at BIF this year, you took me on a journey. Um, as we were talking when we were warming up here, I have your date, October 21st, 1990, etched in my life now. So I want I want you to share your stories today, and I have to tell you, you evoke emotion, passion, and a fierce call to action. So let's go ahead and get started, Carlos. Who were your early influencers related to innovation, and why are you unapologetic and relentless? Well, well, again, thank you, Leah, for for having me. It's an honor to be here with with you and and all our listeners. Um, it, it's fascinating. So, before diving into the world of education, I worked in the corporate and nonprofit sectors for some time, and it wasn't until uh, a good friend of mine that was also from the Bronx, um, who had um, taken a, a, a truly a leap of faith and went right right into education. Um, he and I had kind of this serendipitous kind of meeting um, in Providence one evening while I was working for this this amazing international nonprofit, and he he took me back to the early conversations we had around the need for um, for men of color to be engaged in urban education, and that he had encountered these two amazing um, these two amazing innovators that have established this new school model, and it was this amazing thing and that I needed to check it out. Um, by the way, his name is Donnie Dali. Um, always like to mention his name, and he's now a principal in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, so as I mentioned, I, I had been really pretty well grounded in, <laughs> in, in, in my nonprofit work, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but Donique, as he always has been, was pretty persistent in ensuring that, um, that I made it out to visit the school, which was the Met School in Providence. Um, so I went in, spent some time observing, 
um, and talk to some phenomenal, incredible uh, young people um, that were really able to articulate kind of, you know, their strengths, their learning journey over the, their, you know, their three to four years at that point, um, and really, you know, kind of informally decided to interview me as to why I was there and wanted to know more about me as a, as a, as a person of color, as to, as, as a, as a nonprofit professional at that point, um, and, and had some, had completed some amazing real, relevant real world work. Uh, I remember one one young man, Nick Jackson, uh, who was a senior um, African-American young man who had completed some amazing real estate projects in the community in South Providence um, and was on his way to North Carolina A&T um, and was the first in his family that was about to dive into it um, and dive into college. Um, and and, and while, while that was my initial interaction, I shortly thereafter met Dennis Lickey, and Elliot Washer, who were the co-founders of Big Picture Learning and the Med School. Um, <clears throat> and within five minutes, talking with both of them and how they talked about young people and redesigning and reimagining education in this country. Now, mind you, this is back in, this is back in um, 2001, before there, were, before there were multiple Big Picture schools around the country there was just the med school and their vision for it was was beyond providence um and there seemed to be this just this 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 grounding with both with each of them around not remaining complacent doing whatever is best in the best interest of of young people because they felt that there was a significant problem in education at that point which we would say that a lot of those problems still exist now um and that they felt like it was their responsibility, um, along with all of our responsibilities, to begin addressing it. Um, so they, so, so they, they were, they were some of the earlier innovators that I, um, that really influenced my thinking. And it was shortly after that conversation that I decided to take the journey and to, and join the Med and the ranks of Big Picture. You know, I that I mean that's actually identifying that education needed innovating quite a while ago that's incredible that 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 there was a vision long before now indeed indeed um and and unfortunately while there have been some successes and a lot of a lot of different innovative models that that have that have grown over time there's still a lot of those same challenges that are still there so what are some of the biggest challenges and and you had mentioned this just a few minutes ago when you said to reimagine. How do you get educators to reimagine? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's fascinating. I think that there there are multiple school of thoughts. You know, some folks would say, you know, begin with complete white space, um, and go through a process where where if you could do anything um, and create your your dream school and there were no boundaries, what would that be? And, and I believe that that is that is a great uh, um, people think about how young people learn best, um, and some of that is often informed by your own learning experiences as a learner, as a as a as a student, especially for for us educators. Um, but I think that's a great that's a even it's a richer it's a richer exercise when you couple it with an opportunity to 
really experience some of the different innovative models that are there that are out there. And I think that 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 allows us to really challenge kind of the the, the, the this, this notion of what school is supposed to be. Um, um, I think some of the biggest the biggest challenges are their systems. Their 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 policies are in place that sometimes don't allow for some of that um, those innovations. And one of the one of the things that we've learned, at least at Big Picture, is that it's important to, at the very least, get started, begin innovating, um, you know, challenge challenge the paradigm, right? Challenge challenge the status quo, and respectfully, um, in the spirit of the best interests of young people. Um, and begin, you know, in your own classrooms. If you're a teacher in your own classrooms, if you're a principal within, you know, within your own schools, um, if you're a district leader within pockets within your district and really begin, um, re- really begin trying different, different approaches to best, need the, best meet, meet the needs of students. And please, we need to engage the students in those, in those conversations. That's exactly right, and, and and one of the things I remember you saying is that you address inequality by by inequality. Did I quote you right? What what do you mean by that, actually? That's right. Um, innovating innovating inequality. It addressing inequality in society by in, by innovating inequality. So, I think too too often times um, our schools lose sight of who our students are when they. Um, when they enter, you know, our school buildings, our classrooms, the uniqueness that makes every student just a special individual, that everyone comes with their own strengths, um, talents, challenges, um, experiences. And because, you know, because of systems or uh, or beliefs that the schools are disregarding a lot of that, those talents and those experiences that students come, come in with. So it's really around... Um, Really around celebrating and acknowledging and building off of those those experiences, those strengths, and listening to those those challenges, um, you know, and 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 addressing each each student, each learner's need one at a time, um, which of course is is challenging. Um, but you know, education absolutely, it's not supposed to be easy. Um, it's it it's hard work and. If we're going to truly educate young people um, in its truest sense of the word, which is to lead forth and raise up, it's going to take a collective, collective effort—not just by educators, but by by all of us, all of us that have an investment in education. Well, that's right, and and anything worth achieving is worth working for and working hard for. So, speaking of that. What about the big picture learning success journey? Tell us, tell us the your story of big picture learning. Hi. Um, so, it, well before my time, uh, <laughs> <there> was, <laughs> I mentioned uh, Dennis Lipke and Elliot Washer, who are the co-founders of Big Picture Learning, um, and our founding school, the, uh, the Met in Providence, um, were working at the Annenberg Institute at Brown University and were um, basically tapped by then Commissioner of Education for the State of Rhode Island, Peter McWalters, who's also now a Big Picture board member, to design a innovative um, career and technical education school 
uh, for the state of Rhode Island, where, where every student, you know, where students to, from throughout the state would be able to apply apply for. Um, recognizing, again, recognizing that there was a challenge and there needed to be this, this uh, an, an innovative school. And both Dennis and Elliot had had a track record um, as school leaders um, for for over over two decades at that point. Um, so their track record um, pretty much spoke for itself. And I think one of the things that perhaps Commissioner McWalters um, wasn't wasn't expecting was for Dennis and Alley to say absolutely, but we need to absolutely be able to do it our own way. And I think <laughs> what Dennis and Elliot didn't expect Peter McWalters to say was yes. Um, so, so, so Dennis and Elliot then went on and um, engaged with the local Providence community. They knew that the school was going to be housing. Um, housing in, in, in Providence. They started off that first school with about 50 students, which 50. later grew, which was, yes, five zero fifty students. Wow. And later grew to, you know, where it is now to over 800 students in Providence at the Met, and then to a network, you know, fast forward to um, great support that we received from the Gates Foundation and our expansion of that school because of the successes of that school to a network of 50 schools, over 50 schools across the country, and um, an additional 70 international. Um, and it's been great because, again, again, one of the, the, the main principles of innovators is to um, always address a, a problem that you're passionate about. So Big Picture has branched off in a, in a variety of different, different spaces, um, College Unbound, which is the, the most recent college to be approved in the state of Rhode Island that serves <clears throat> adult learners that have started school uh, but never had a chance to to, um, to to complete and attain a degree, to amazing out-of-school, after-school work that Elliot Washer is engaged in um, throughout the country, to the, our most recent initiative, the um, Deeper Learning Equity Fellows, in partnership with the International Network for Public Schools, which is, um, you know, we are identifying and working with diverse, um, accomplished leaders from across the country to begin addressing the policies and practices um, that are barriers for underrepresented communities to have access to this type of learning. Um, So I I feel like the evolution and and the growth of Big Picture has been... um, has been a steady one and not one where we we've just kind of allowed ourselves to remain stagnant and just say okay we've 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 had a network of 50 schools and they're doing amazing work and our graduates are going on to do a, you know you know whether it's whether it's uh, post secondary options whether they're graduating at a great rates or, or even finding themselves um, highly marketable and, and employable um, it's not enough. And recognizing that it's not enough, so and we'll continue to to innovate and and identify different ways where we can have an impact in the lives of people. You know, I think something that 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 I just want to reflect back when you said pay attention, I to the whole child, and by doing that, you're also paying attention to your business as well. I can tell you you seriously know where you've come from. And then what's next for Big Picture Learning? Uh, that you have, your organization, it hasn't mapped out. 
And I love that. And I remember just reflecting back what you said at Biff to, to work with the child's strengths as well. And you're leveraging the strengths that you have and you and you just give such great homage to those founders as well. I I love your organization. It's just it's just got a sense of purpose about it. Thank you, Leah. Appreciate that. So when um I saw you at Biff, you said that your four words were passion, problem, <laughs> courage, and love. Now, tie a bow on those. Tell us Take us on a journey. Oh, my. So, I mean, Wanda, when she asked that question, I wasn't even sure what I was going to That was, <laughs> uh, I, I was on the spot and was, was pretty pleased with the four words I was able to come up with. Um, so I think, you know, starting off with problem, um, which, again, is the, is the primary principle of innovators is to address a problem that you're passionate about. Um so, you know, passion and problem are, are connected in really really in that way. I think they're interconnected. So you're passionate about a problem, and then I believe that you really need to have the courage um, to take on that problem that you're so passionate about. Um, and um, sometimes that means the leap of faith. Sometimes that means um, going against the grain. Sometimes that, mean, that may mean being the least popular person in the room. Um yeah, depending on your audience, and love is really what I think is what will sustain that work over time, um, because you absolutely believe you absolutely have to love what you do. Um, and I find myself really in a blessed place where, um, while I might pull out the little bit of hair I have, you know, occasionally I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely love the work that I do, um, and will continue to do so. Well, I think. Uh, oh, by the way. I just got a text from Wanda, and she is wishing you well on the show today. She's on her way to um, Washington, D.C. right now. So she's she's texted to give you a big hug over the airways. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it right back to her. <laughs> I know. You two are awesome together. You get educators together. So if we were to look five years from now, what is your biggest dream for an innovation impact on education. Yeah, um, it was it was fascinating. I think I had that conversation recently with someone. Um, there, there's so many, there's so many hopes and desires that I have for um, for innovation in this country. Um, and I think one of the things that I would love to see five years from now is. Uh, just kind of a, a nation that really embraces <clears throat> teaching and learning happening uh, in a variety of spaces and happening in real time. So where where it's not purely during the hours of eight to four or nine to three, or if you have an incredible extended tape program, you can go until five or six. But <laughs> yeah, that where they learn learning. Learning can happen and be captured and honored really any time any place um, because I think that there's always there's always learning there's always learning happening um, and on i think on a on a on a different level, I'd love to see us continue to make 
significant strides in ensuring that underrepresented populations, populous communities mm-hmm. of color, um, have access to the very best teachers, um, and that they're not just purely um, grounded in, you know, in no excuses models, right? Where that that's where a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of the no excuses models tend to land um, mm-hmm. is in in these communities, but that there are a variety of diverse options, including deeper learning options in these communities, including early college models in these communities, um, mm-hmm. where 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 those where those students where all students have access um, to quality educational options. So when you look back and um, at your at your journey, your personal journey at Big Picture Learning, do you have just like you inspire people when you speak? And I know there's few dry eyes after your after your finished speaking. Is there one child that sincerely just melts your heart, or one story of a child that that has melted your heart like you do others? Wow. Um, it's fascinating that you asked that question, Wanda, um, Le- Leah. Um, sorry, I have Wanda on the brain since you mentioned Oh, that. no, that's uh, a compliment. <laughs> the, um, so, and we didn't talk about this prior to this call, which I think is fascinating that you asked this. So the the day of, the day of uh, my, the, the BIF Summit where I spoke, that evening, um, I was in Providence not just for this talk, but also to pay my final respects to a former student of mine when I was a teacher at the Met. His name was Josue Lopez. He was actually one of the students that were featured um, in, in the talk. I, I had a couple of slides um, and voiceovers from students um, from the Met School. And there was a, a young man who made the comment, um, he said, uh, you taught me to never drag my feet because a man never drags his feet. Oh. Um, he had he had just passed away this a week prior um, due to unknown causes. And no. Um, and Josue um, that night was um, was his wake, and uh, I really I, I I had I had dedicated the talk to Josue. Um, I remember to, him saying that 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 yes. that that I don't drag my feet because you because he said it never a man never drags his feet. Well, isn't that something? I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, and and Josue, um, he he embodied. Uh, so Josue was Carlos Moreno um, as a student, six foot three, two hundred plus pounds. Um, you know, happy young man, um, amazing parents at home, um, and, you know, super witty, super intelligent, but was able to just, you know, kind of coast by and used to make me um, pull my hair out because he always liked, you know, he always wanted to get a good reaction uh-huh. from folks. Um, <laughs> But, yes. but but one of the most one of the most intelligent, caring young men that I've ever that I, I I've ever met, um, and and really reminded of myself. I think prior to the events, those events on October twenty first, mm-hmm. 
And my hope would always have been that he would never have to experience anything like that, which um, I don't believe he did. But he was always an inspiration to me, um, just by his, you know how versatile he was, um, allowed himself to try a variety of different things. He had been put off, I think, by a lot of previous schools as someone that wasn't that wouldn't be able to achieve, but he achieved at a great level and was able to, you know, be uniquely himself. Um, yeah, and um, Josue. Is, you know, is, and you you actually he has a legacy. He's got that quote out there that had you not known him, that I wouldn't have actually told that quote to other people, hoping to inspire them. So he did leave something behind. Isn't that incredible? It is indeed. And he's left hmm. so much behind. So I'm just um, happy, to, happy to have an opportunity to acknowledge him and, and recognize yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you did share that. So how do our listeners follow you? Carlos and and I believe that um, people will want to follow you and follow how you're going to meet success in the next few years. So how do we your website, your Twitter, your Facebook? How to let's, give give us uh, some yeah. digits here? No, no pressure there, Leah. Um, so <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll uh, I think in terms of website, the big picture website, which is bigpicture.org um, would be a great place for folks to start in terms of my own kind of um, uh, my, my own presence on social media. I'm on Twitter um, at Carlos underscore Moreno 06 on Twitter. Um, and um, please consider folks in terms of taking a look at Equity Fellows, which is our new initiative. Sometime in January we'll be opening um, the nominations for our second cohort um, sometime in uh, the towards the end of January. Um, that website is equityfellows.org. Um, okay. And, and then also, obviously, Big Picture on Twitter, which is a very active account, which is at Big Pick Learning um, on Twitter. That's fantastic. Well, I know. So I just got a text from Renee, and she said that. Uh, to give you a big hug as well. Uh, I remember her name. So, I know everyone is wanting to give you a big hug. So uh, I would uh, love to have you back, and I I would love to throw um, do a Shark Tank with you and Wanda, where we could throw um, problems at you and hear how how to best solve some of our problems. So we we've got to work on that maybe first quarter next year. Would you love to come back? Because I want to have you back. I'd look forward to it. It'll be it'll be awesome. Uh, so I want to wish you a happy new year. I know you're rolling into 2016, Carlos, and the best and warm regards for continued success at Big Picture Learning. Thank you, Carlos, and thank you, listeners. All right.